You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's bring in now somebody very experienced in this uh, area of expertise, a man with more than 30 years' experience, in fact, in the game of rugby league when it comes to the medical side and before that a player as well. Dr Nathan Gibbs is on the line. Good morning, Nathan. Always something for us to talk about. Yeah, it's always good to have footy back and a bit of controversy, Matt. (laughs) It didn't take long, did it? So let me hit you with this one. Is the NRL jumping at shadows in this case? The independent doctor... Is a, is a very good decision because it's it's a doctor who's got access to lots of different camera angles who is just looking at how a player reacts after getting a hit in the head. And he then communicates that with the uh, people down at ground level where you often can't see uh, very clearly or, or, or at all sometimes uh, of incidents. So the, uh, the, the problem I think is arising where some players might be having an exaggerated uh, reaction after being hit in the head, perhaps to milk a penalty, and and unfortunately that the uh, the bunker doctor has to take it on face value, and and uh, if that happens, uh, get that player assessed. So I guess there's a couple of points on that one. The exaggerated reaction, um, like you say, to, to to force a change to get off the field, and that's that comes down to the coach's box and the sideline and and how they want to manage it, but. If you're an independent doctor in that situation, you're looking for signs, not symptoms. Is that right? So can you explain that to us from a medical point of view? It's, it's been made very clear, and this is how it runs. The club doctor, the team doctor, makes the diagnosis of concussion in a player or rules out a concussion and says it, it isn't a concussion. That's done by the, the team doctor. All the independent doctor does is, is help the club doctor by looking at reactions and how how a player behaves after being hit in the head, and the obvious one is if you fall unconscious. Well, that's that's clear. That's category one. That's a definite concussion. If you get up and you and you can't walk properly, ataxia. That's that's most likely a concussion. You know, ninety nine percent of the time. So there there are some very clear guidelines uh, that they use to say, hey, this looks like there's a definite concussion. But then there are other ones, and and this is where it gets a bit. Uh, muddy, if you like, the when a player gets hit in the head and is motionless for a minute or two, it's possible that he's uh, for a second or two. I say, it's possible that he's uh, unconscious for that brief period. So lying motionless or slow to get up after being hit in the head, they're always uh, areas of concern that might prompt a, a, a match day doctor to uh, to call that player off the field to be assessed for possible concussion. How quickly do you think you can determine whether a player's got the wobbles, Nathan, from just getting an awkward hit versus a player who is in possible concussion areas? Obviously, the duration of the symptoms is quite important. So if it's extremely brief and you get out to the player, uh, it could well be not concussion at all. Uh, If it's more prolonged symptoms, then uh, it's more likely, of course. But uh, the on-field trainers play an important role as well because they're they're there first you know, to the injured player and they're communicating back to their team doctor as well on the sideline. So that 
that system uh, works well with the very experienced on-field trainers. So do you think the independent doctor in the bunker is better than an independent doctor perhaps on the sideline? Absolutely. The, the, the independent doctor is just looking at the vision and he has access to all the different camera angles, uh, much like the home viewer. So the home viewer quite often sees and cuts them well before the sideline doctor. Sitting on the sidelines a terrible place to, to see these sorts of uh, injuries happen because uh, there's no... Uh, yeah, the view from down on ground level is, uh, is not very good. Should the NRL put more trust into the coaches and the club around that, or is this an issue that deserves to be in the hands of somebody independent? <laughs> I did uh, hear Ricky's interview, uh, which I love. Yeah. But the uh, the coaches are the last person you'd uh, put health and safety issues uh, in charge of. So the uh, that's why we have team doctors. Uh, they do a very good job, and they're the ones who should be making the decisions. On the overall view of this then if you if you look at it i mean there's there's an obvious case here for player well-being i mean that's that's an obvious straightforward case but then there's a bigger issue isn't there of of the game protecting itself how much do you think that latter part plays into this versus the initial part of the player well-being because are they protecting themselves here what i'm saying is is the nrl doing this to make sure that they're covered if a lawsuit comes there's definitely the, the medico legal aspect is definitely uh, a major issue in, in all of the concussion debate. Uh, but in, in protecting themselves from that, the NRL is also putting player safety, you know, at the uh, at the forefront. Even though they might have different goals in what they're trying to achieve, the, the aim is still the same: player safety. So that uh, I, I think it's a good idea. It's interesting, isn't it? You know, consistency is a word that comes up in rugby league all the time and we're normally talking about refereeing decisions and what the bunker's doing or not doing. How do you reckon you get consistency in an issue like this? Have you got anything to make this process better? One thing, when I've been team doctor on the sideline working with the bunker doctor, I think it's very important for the team doctors to get a good communication going with the uh, with the bunker doctor because you can talk to them uh on the sideline uh, through the headset system. So the, I think it's it's important to give them feedback uh, from the trainer, getting information back to the sideline doctor and having the sideline doctor communicate with the bunker doctor. Sometimes you can uh, clarify things that may not obviously, uh, or the bunker doctor might have a different view about. So do you think this situation that we've got now is here to stay? I, I think the system will, will remain in place because it's a good system. It's, it's just got a few... A uh, few teething problems early in the season and uh, and they'll be sorted out. Great to catch up with you. Before I let you go, life at the Waratahs, uh, how's it going? What, mate, what year are you up to uh, in, in being involved in professional sport at the moment? <laughs> oh, I hate to think. I did start in 85. So it's been, uh, you, you can do the maths yeah, on that. It's a long time. But you love it, don't you? <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's the best. Uh, as, as I said earlier, it's not a very good seat. On ground level on the sideline, but I love sitting there. <laughs> Good on you, Nathan. Thanks for your time this morning. Yeah, bye. <laughs> Dr. Nathan Gibbs joining us. Uh, great to catch up with him and get his views on that.